Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the Ticket Water Cooler, and I've got a nice little uh, a quote here from PJ Fleck on his new deal, which will keep him, uh, which will give him a raise uh, in the Twin Cities as he stays at Minnesota. Uh, what do you think PJ Fleck's quote is? It's something uh, PJ Flecky. Definitely PJ Flecky. Something about rowing and money. No, I'm kidding. No, it is actually his his quote is: "This is all about cultural sustainability." Cultural sustainability. <laughs> cultural sustainability. Sustainability. That sounds like some PJ Fleck. Would Good say. for him. Good for him and the culture. <laughs> yes, this is about culture versus talent. Do you think Minnesota gets rid of the oars and everything boat related when he leaves? I think so. I mean, there's a lot of lakes around. You think, so you think they'll keep them? No, you got to get rid of them. Western Michigan had to get rid of them, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't keep that as part of their program, which I thought was weird. I thought they would have to, and maybe he'd have to come up with a new shtick. No, nope. he just brings he took, it, he took it with him. Yeah, which I liked. He's like, shout out to Western Michigan, but no, this is mine. Yeah, this isn't yours. As we've mentioned too, Purdue uh, losing their head coach to Louisville, Jeff Brom uh, taking the job there. He sent out a text to every all his players, so that's nice. Uh, oh, he said, did he not meet them in person? <laughs> I don't think he had time. What do you mean, what, 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 buddy? Jeff I think they Brom. have a team meeting, uh, and in his text it says that they can reach out to him. So. Jeffrey. Come on, Jeff. You got to meet with the players face-to-face. Uh, I was looking at some of the Purdue names that, that might be out there. How about Troy Calhoun at Air Force? Good for him. I don't, yeah, I don't know. That would be a change. That would be weird. Not a fan. Not a fan of that one. Not a fan of that one. How about Dave Clawson at Wake Forest? Mm? Willie Fritz, Tulane? Oh, I do love me some Willie Fritz. <laughs> Shout out Mike Schaefer. Yeah, there's some names in there. And then there's, of course, the old uh, names that Nebraska didn't want, like uh, Matt Campbell. or Remember when Bill O'Brien was a hot Bill name? Bill O'Brien's another name, yeah. How is Bill O'Brien not, like, he was supposed to be, like, the number one guy this offseason. Like, he's the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Obviously, everybody wants him. And all of these jobs are getting people who are not Bill O'Brien. <laughs> and he's just hanging out. He's just there. Still the Alabama offensive coordinator. Yeah. Unless he's trying to go back to the NFL. Yeah. Or he's waiting or maybe for a just hanging out. different job to open up, or he's just, you know, he likes being the offensive coordinator for Alabama. That's a cool job. I mean, that's weird. Alabama doesn't have the same off- offensive coordinator two years in a row. Not not often, but they do. I mean, I'm sure they pay well there for coordinators. I guarantee they do. Uh, how about Dan Mullen? Did you ever, would you ever consider Dan Mullen? I wanted Dan Mullen here. That's what I, I like Dan Mullen. He had a few. I wanted Dan Mullen or Tom Herman. Yeah. Names that like weren't mentioned that I was like, it'd be pretty good names. Tom Herman took the Tulsa job, didn't he? Uh, FAU, I believe. No, I think you're right, Tulsa. Yeah, you know what? Sure. I'm just gonna not. Pre- I'm not. I'm, I'm done acting like I know. I don't know where he's at. <laughs> he F- did. You know, you're right. FAU. Okay, I was like, you know, he did take a job though. Yeah, because Tulsa got Kevin Wilson. Yes. Uh, as we run we run through it here, there's a lot of names. So if you go through the coaching carousel, um, it's kind of fun to run through. So Auburn. Has you freeze obviously mm-hmm. Wisconsin Luke Fickle mm-hmm. Arizona State Kenny Dillingham yeah he's kid. like he's like thirty four yeah uh, Nebraska Matt Rule obviously Georgia Tech went with Brent Key their interim yep somebody kept their interim you everybody else kept their interim in a different role they actually yeah. kept their interim as the head coach and Nebraska and Wisconsin were close to keeping their interim in different roles but they didn't yep 
So that's kind of interesting. One for one reason, the other for another. That is right. That's as far as we need to go there. Uh, UAB with Trent Dilfer. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, I'm. You like that don't one? No. No. <laughs> Why not? He's, he's he's an elite eleven quarterback guru. Yeah, I don't. He won a Super Bowl. I don't know. Like, and I understand that's kind of you know how things work. You know, you go from coaching high school to to you know coaching college if you're trying to move up. You know, whatever, however that goes, but. Yeah, I don't know. Trent Dilfer just <laughs> going straight from high school. I mean, he only lost, what, like three games in however many years he was there. But it's just weird. Like, yeah. You it's would kind think of he a would celebrity from, coach type of hire yeah, like Colorado. You would think he would go from – yeah, and then, I mean, that one's also kind of – I mean, that one's not weird. But it's kind of the same situation where Deion Sanders went from coaching high school, I think, in Texas um, to Jackson State. Um I don't know the level of Jackson State compared to the level of UAB in terms of, you know, skill and, and, and the other teams that they're playing. But, I mean, I guess you go ahead. If you think Trent Dilfer is the guy, you, you go right ahead. Blazers program that was shut down a couple of years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shut up, Bill Clark, for uh, <laughs> sticking around. Um, Purdue and, and Stanford now, the kind of the biggest names out there uh, as far as coaching hires. Stanford's fascinating, too, uh, because now, you know, David Shaw was part of that Jim Harbaugh tree. Um, and, and and it worked for so long, and then for like six years it didn't work, and they're just like, ah, it's still David Shaw. We'll yeah, why not? <laughs> this will work. Yeah, I'm like, ah, we still can't fire him because he did great here once. <laughs> we'll let him leave on his own terms. <laughs> and I think they did. I Dude, like three years ago he had done. like a nine-win season, didn't he? I think it's been a while now. It feels like it's been a longer than that. I feel like it wasn't too long ago that David Shaw and Stanford had a really good season, and then things just kind of flipped on the head, on, on, you know, Flipped like a switch, and Stanford was bad all of a sudden. Um, but David Shaw was, you know, the consistent, the consistent thing at Stanford for the longest time. And now they're going to be looking for a new head coach. And I mean, why don't you go get uh, Pat Fitzgerald? He knows how to coach at a smart school. <laughs> yeah. So it's been since 2018 since David Shaw had a nine-win season. Okay. Um, and then from there he went four and eight, four and two, three and nine, and three and nine. And he's still rather, I mean, he's still 50 yeah, years a, old. He had a over 500 season in there, 4 and 2. <laughs> 4 and 2, COVID year. Shout out to the COVID year. There you go. Uh, so those are the jobs that are open. I, and I'd been, I mean, I am, I'm truly interested where David Shaw goes next. Because like I said, he's still young enough, 50 years old. I, but he retired. Like he didn't. Did he retire? I think he yeah. didn't get fired. He stepped down. I think he, resi- he resigned. Yeah. I don't know if he retired. Okay, well, whatever. He stepped down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just like eventually was like, yeah, this really isn't working. <laughs> We're not going to fire you because we respect you. Yeah. And we don't want to pay you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Stanford football. We don't. David don't Shaw, defensive coordinator, Nebraska. Hey, there you go. I don't know his background, if he's an offensive guy or a defensive guy. So I'm just kind of throwing <laughs> things out there. You just threw it out there. Yeah, I just kind of threw that he out there. He was the team's offensive coordinator. He's mm. got an offensive back. Never mind. Yeah. David Shaw, offensive assistant, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not hey, doing that. Yeah, maybe. You never know. There's that. still some. There's still some holes to fill. Uh, Rika, I did want to get your opinion, too, on uh, it's not official from Nebraska, but reports of Donovan Riola being retained as the offensive line coach. It's cool. a hot topic on, on Husker. That is lines. fine with me. He seemed like he was a very hard-nosed coach, and from everything that I've heard, he's one of the first coaches in the building, one of the last coaches to leave. Um, didn't really get to bring in the the guys that he wanted in terms of recruiting, considering he was only here a year. Um, was working with what he had, lost his starting tackle 
um, early on in the season, lost his left guard before the season even started, was dealing with multiple injuries on the offensive line and, you know, just an offensive line that was kind of in shambles to begin with. And he made the best of what he had. And I don't know if anybody else noticed it or maybe I'm just imagining things, but it seemed as if after the Purdue game, I want to say, maybe the game after that, um, the offensive line was was slowly improving, at least in pass blocking. In run blocking, they were good to start the season and slowly got worse. Um, but in terms of pass blocking, it, it looked to me as if they were getting better as the season went on. And, I mean, that's a credit to the coach. And, again, he was working with what he had. He didn't get to bring in the guys that he wanted. He, he maybe didn't get to run the kind of system in terms of blocking schemes that he wanted to run that would fit well with the type of offense that Mark Whipple wanted to run. I'm sure there was a lot of headbutting going on um, between everybody on the offensive side of things on how things were going to go. I mean, you saw it towards the end of the season. I, the offense just kind of sputtered to a halt, it seemed, as if a mm. uh, uh, complete 180 from how they started the season. Even though they started with a loss, the offense looked good. Um so I, I don't have a problem with it. I think he has, although not a lot of like direct coaching, like offensive line coach experience. He was an assistant line coach. He was been in the room uh, on the on, in the NFL level. He was at Notre Dame helping coaching the offensive line when they had that stretch of of fantastic offensive linemen going to the NFL. So I, I think he has the experience. I think he has the want to. And if Rule kept him on, if this is true, and Rule kept him on, then he's got the same kind of expectations in this. He, he fits the scheme that, that Matt rule and this coaching staff wants. Yeah. And, so and I don't, I don't have a pro, I don't have a problem with it. Cause I, I liked yeah. the Riola hire and I don't think, you know, people are going to throw, well, they're only doing that to get his nephew, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. I don't think that Matt rule is going to stake his entire first season um, for, you know, in, in terms of an offensive line and, and how this season would go because the offensive line is very important. And considering he mentioned winning the line of scrimmage at his presser, he believes that the line that the offensive and defensive lines are very important. He's not going to stake his first year, second year of, of offensive line play on one player. And also they told Daniel Kalen at, at Bellevue West that he was their number one recruit, uh, number one focus of the 2024 class, which – Dylan Raiola is a 2024 quarterback. So if that is true, then they're, I mean, they'll still talk to him, I'm, I'm guessing, but going to be focused on getting Daniel Kalen instead of flipping uh, Dylan Raiola from, oh, I don't know, one of the best programs of the last couple of years yeah. to one of the worst programs in the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I, I, you know, I was a little underwhelmed by the Donovan Raiola hire last season because I thought it was um, going to be important, you know, to, to get that line of scrimmage corrected. But you're right, he just didn't really get a fair shot at, at fixing it. And for whatever whatever it's worth, this is two staffs now in a row that liked the Donovan Raiola interview. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he must be, be saying something correctly. And they've got... Um, they've, you know, he kind of fits the mold that seems to be Matt Rule's assistance, which is kind of young, up-and-coming guys uh, looking to prove themselves, you know, at, you know, should be pretty darn good recruiters. And that's, mm -hmm. that's still kind of what I'm waiting to see for, for Donovan Raiola too is and for anybody um, that says he couldn't recruit. I don't think he was being able to recruit anybody that he wanted to get because again, he was only here a year. <laughs> right. Um, but, but true. 
you know, at, 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 in, in a certain light, I, you know, I you need somebody that's going to be an excellent recruiter because they've been sniffing around at some of these good recruiters, right? Like Mickey Joseph, and then mm-hmm. that that kind of fell out. Uh, what is it, Elijah Robinson down in at Texas A and M, who's still liking Husker tweets, which is yeah, which is odd. But I mean, he's obviously got friends, yeah. one way or the other, uh, in the program, um, but. You know, it, it's it's interesting. It, it certainly is interesting. He wouldn't be but the first name I would have thought to be retained. Um, and it's just, it's the most important position, Coach, I think, that Nebraska needs to address. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, what you know, whatever developed here, Matt Rule felt like he didn't get a fair shot last year and uh, likes the, the start that he has and, and, you know, can move forward. And, and I do think that there is something to continuity that will help move forward at some place on this team just seems like that offensive line is such a mess and he he kind of inherited a mess but he'll Mm -hmm. get like you said a few of those guys back you you know you need to get Norton Welly back to to playing shape hopefully that doesn't take too long same with Prohaska he's got to come back fully from that injury Prohaska is a weird situation I just and I I don't know if there's any truth to this but to me it just seems too big like too tall (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's like six. six he's like yeah he's six ten. like yeah. how many six ten tackles are there well not too many but i mean he's at least he looks like the best tackle prospect on the team the problem is they just don't have a choice <laughs> they don't have too <laughs> I, many yeah, tackles. They, they, uh, they got all these six nine six ten six eight guys that are supposed to play tackle and they don't have the you know the six four guys to play guard well, they, they've got a few of those guys. I'm just saying it's harder. And somebody brought this off the text line earlier when I was kind of saying it. Maybe you move uh, Turner Corcoran, who's 6'6". That's not so – I mean, that's still pretty yeah. big. He was playing right guard to start the season. Then they moved yeah. him over to left guard, I think. No, he was still playing right guard. But, like, Ben Hart, 6'9". Can you have a 6'9 guard? You can. He's clearly not a tackle. Yeah, no, he's not not. But you're going to have a very tall line in – just in general, yeah. What well, was mm, Wisconsin didn't have that tall. They had a heavy line. Yeah, that's what they had a lot the, for the longest time. I don't know, Minnesota man. The yeah, same way, yeah, yeah, same way. They had that one tackle they that had a was six like ten tackle. I, I think he was like six eight. Was he? Okay. But he was like six eight and like three hundred and fifty <laughs> pounds. <laughs> so it was like this is a mountain of a man. Um, I don't know, man. He just he's just so tall. To be playing tackles like you know, it's a lot of body to stretch out. And if you got somebody that's a bull rusher, I mean, you've seen it. You know, when Aiden Hutchinson the first time he got injured, Aiden Hutchinson just put his hands on his chest, pushed him back, and his knee buckled. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that has anything to do with his with you know his height or his strength or whatever, but it just you know back to back years with a knee injury. It's just yeah, it's a very Some tall guys. You see that in, in, in the NBA. You know, that's tall that's guys a struggle with, with the NBA. Yeah. It's it's the knees and the feet. That's that's where the all the injuries come from. So that's. That's a lot of weight and a lot of body to move around. So, I don't know, man. I, I hope he gets healthy, and I hope that I'm wrong, and, and he can be a very solid tackle. But that's it's a lot of man to move around. Yeah, and it's just it's fascinating to see what this, this offense is going to be. I think a lot of us expect a, kind of a pro-style offense. But if you're adjusting, you know, Matt Rule's known for adjusting to the talent he has. Looks like Anthony Grant, if you can see he's peer recruiting on, on Twitter, looks like he'd be back. Mm-hmm. Um you, you don't want to speculate on anybody else, but right now it's just pretty, who knows. Nobody is nobody else is saying anything. I mean, you, you've got guys entering the portal yeah. day after day, so it's just a wait and see. Yeah. Uh, recruiting class signs next Friday. Uh, well, the signing day opens next Friday, um, and then you go through the rest of the off season up until spring spring winter camp opens. Yeah, winter camp opens. Um, 
and even after that, people could still transfer. So yeah. you just got to wait till the season starts. And, and, you know, once we get to the spring game, maybe at that point right after that, we'll see what this team is going to look like. Are you are you bothered by the uh, quote-unquote slow start for Matt Rule? I mean, there's not big names knocking I'm at not, the door right I'm, now. I'm not bothered by the slow start. I'm confused because he said that he wanted his coaching staff filled out before they got on the road recruiting last Friday. And it wasn't, and it still isn't. <laughs> so I, I'm not worried about it. I'm just slightly confused as to as to why it hasn't been filled out. Maybe they're waiting for somebody that's currently on a coaching staff and doesn't want to leave yet. I don't know exactly what's going on, but it's just just a wait and see thing right now with Matt Rule. I'm guessing. Yeah, and the other thing is he's just it, it's 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 interesting because in. You know, I think a name like 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 Bryce Turner, like Jalen Lloyd, they do these would be really welcome if they're like additional pieces to the primary thing that's going. But it's like mm-hmm. the primary recruits so far have been track guys that don't have a whole lot of football offers. I I am thinking that they're going to you know high school wise they're going to try and keep their guys that were being recruited or were committed. Um, keep those guys on and then get a lot more speed on the outside and more than likely focus their transfer portal looks on the trenches because you'll get guys who are ready to play right away who maybe have two, three years remaining, who have been in college for at least a year, have built their bodies up, and you can kind of use them right away or, or, you know, have less of a, not runway, what's the word, less of a, less of a, transition from high school to college through the off season where, you know, you, you get a little bit about halfway through the off season. You're like, okay, this guy's going to be ready start of the season. So I'm guessing that the trenches will be transfer portal focused. Um, whereas the skill positions will be more, more high school. I mean, you'll get a couple through the transfer portal, but I'm guessing that they're going for more, more high school speed, uh, more speed and, and, and skill positions in the high school recruiting rankings. And, and again, the, uh, the big boys through the transfer portal. Well, and Saucy Nugthug says too off of uh, off the Sarder Heyman text line, he's waiting for Georgia's D coordinator. Well, you can't you can't wait that long. Georgia doesn't have a game for three weeks. You know, like he you can get him and he can still and he can still coach, coach at Georgia. Yeah, because I mean, Jim Leonard announced he's not going back to Wisconsin, but he's going to coach the bowl game. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna help Luke Fickle in the bowl game, and then he's then he's bouncing. If you have if you have a playoff team, I understand sticking around and finishing out the season. Heck, Dion's doing that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's understandable. But it's Scott just, Frost did that. Yeah, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, some of these new coaches are going to coach in the bowl game. Like, yeah, they don't even they're they're meeting their team for the first time, and they're like, all right, we got two three weeks to get ready. We're going to install my offensive system, my defensive system, and then we're playing in a bowl game, and from there we'll go whatever. But that, that's the point, though, that, that Glenn, if it is Glenn Schumann, you, you, you can't wait until early January and you're going to miss out on all this time. Yeah, because you're going to miss, again, you're going to miss out on the recruits. You're going to yeah. not miss, you're going to miss out on the the main people in the portal because those guys are probably going to sign early. A lot of them will, yeah. Um, it would be weird if you're waiting this long for that and not, you know. Unless whoever they're looking at wants to wait and doesn't want it to be a distraction. In which case, I mean, if I'm the head coach, I'm like, look, I don't care if you think it's going to be a distraction. I need you on this staff. 
Yeah, I, I and, and I know, and Matt Rule is is again, and I say this as he's as he's kind of setting the foundation, um, visiting schools in Nebraska, trying to mend some of those relationships, um, and 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 all that. So he's kind of kind of he's got to balance what's best for year one and what's best for the program year three, year four, mm-hmm. uh, and certainly there's an understandability about that. But um, I, at some point you need to, if you're recruiting defensive players, they got to know who they're who they're. Who's going to be? Who's going to be coaching us? Yeah. All right. Let's go to Bob here on the Haunt of Lincoln Hotline. Bob, how's it going? Hey, it's going all right. I just got up, so I'm sorry if I if you guys touched on this or not. But I've got a question in the comment. First of all, Donovan, everybody's bashing Donovan, and I'm I'm going to tell you right now, okay? I don't really think the guy had a fair shake under under the last regime, especially the beginning of the season and when he was hired. Maybe through the eight games, you know, that he all he could do, you know, was, you know, um, maybe you know, help him to get physical. But, you know, we were talked about, oh, how physical this team is going to be, and how we're going to do, you know. But we noticed that it wasn't being done, and it wasn't being done not only in the weight room uh, where it should have been done in the first place, and then the practice field in in the off season in. Um, for uh, spring ball and, and that, and uh, and it definitely wasn't done um, until um, Scott was fired. So, with that being said, you know, uh, and I don't even think he really got he was able to get his anybody. Um, he might have wanted some people, but it was all focused on skill on skill positions and not the offensive line. So, with that being said, uh, do you think that? Everybody's talking about the portal, the portal. What about JUCO? You know, these guys come in there. They've, they've already been in there, uh, you know, um, and there are some good JUCO players that, you know, can come in and, uh, you know, they have in the past come in and put in, uh, be able to start. And what about, you know, what about taking some JUCO players and getting those guys in here and, uh, and letting uh, Donovan uh, actually be able to get physical and be physical with these guys, you know what I'm saying? And because uh, you got you can't you can't speak it, and it works. We've done that for we've done that under Riley. We've done that under Frost. We saw that it doesn't work. You've got to practice it. And what do you guys think? All right, thanks, thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. I'm sure they're going to target the JUCO ranks. I don't know exactly who they're targeting in the JUCO ranks, um, but I'm sure you know every year every school's going after some JUCO players. Well, the remaining staff was was kind of you know really kind of made some headway there. Yeah, the big JUCO. I guys. mean, you've got two of the best JUCO programs you know to your to your south and to your east in 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 Iowa Western and in um, oh what is that the the Kansas one the Jayhawk League or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know I mean just the Jayhawk League really in general just all of those JUCOs down there. So I I'm sure they'll take a chance on a couple of those guys but Garden City. Yeah, Garden City that's what I was thinking of. Um but in reality I'm I'm guessing more portal more guys that have done it at the power 5 level. I mean they're I mean they're looking at the the uh, offensive lineman from Rhode Island everybody's looking at the offensive lineman from Rhode Island. The dude entered the portal and had like 30 offers right away. <laughs> so if Nebraska is lucky enough to get him, it seems like it's going to be a good get. And, you know, whoever else they decide to target in the portal and from the JUCO ranks and in high school, they're just they're looking for immediate help, really. Um, between JUCO and transfer portal, that's immediate high school. 
um, and and you know some of the hires that he's making on on his coaching staff are for the future. Yeah, I, I you know I, I think JUCOs will be a part of it, and I hope it is because it has seemed like it's been overlooked here. I mean, Bo Pelini did a great job of, of recruiting the JUCO ranks, and you know since then. Uh, there just hasn't been too much of it. Now, Frost tried. <laughs> he just never really got too many hits out of it. Yeah, he, he got a lot of Juco guys. They just didn't pan out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you maybe do a better job of evaluating with that moving forward. But it is, it is you know, you follow closely who Nebraska takes this offseason. If it is heavy Juco, heavy portal, um, that kind of lets you know what, what their goal is to get this thing going right away. If it's mm-hmm. a lot of high school players or younger guys out of the portal, like Kane Williams that just didn't play out mm-hmm. of the portal, but you liked him maybe in previous uh, recruiting classes, but you knew he was going to ma- immediately help the team. Then you're looking more at the at the slow rebuild and and maybe from the foundation the way that uh, that that Matt Rule would think that would work best. So that'll be kind of interesting. Joy points out Randy Gray, Latte, David as two great uh, JUCO recruits. Yeah, I mean D- Eric Haig, uh, D- Damian Stafford, Stanley Jean Baptiste. I mean I'm serious. Like Bo had yeah, he was s- hitting, some yeah. dudes. Those JUCOs worked. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Gregory and Levante, David, the, the best example of that uh, recently. Hey, Terrell Farley, pretty good uh, throwback. Hey, he's example. Okay. He was okay. He was right. <laughs> uh, Seems like defense works a lot better from Juco. <laughs> it does. It does seem to work a little bit. But there's there's been guys, too, on offense. Anthony Grant. Anthony Grant. That's a good, yeah, see, good example there. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Um, and then, you know, we did – we were able – I have the text. So Dom, Tom Deanhurt sent out the text that uh, – uh, Jeff Brom sent out to his Purdue players. So I'll, I'll read this off and then we'll get to break because we got to do the crossover. Uh, this is the text from Jeff Brom, again, from Dom, Tom Deanhardt's Twitter. Uh, it says, hello, guys. I wanted to reach out and inform everyone that I've decided to accept the University of Louisville head coaching job. While I love Purdue dearly, the time is right for me to go back home. I just spoke to our football team at one today. I'll personally reach out to each and every one of you in the next 48 hours to answer any questions you may have. Thank you, Coach Jeff Brom, Purdue. Hello, guys. It <laughs> <laughs> says he spoke to the football team, though. So impersonal. Just a few members, maybe. I'm not sure. Hashtag group chat. <laughs> uh, Kelsey says, don't forget Dijon Gomes. Shout out to Absolutely. Dijon Gomes. Gomes, one of my favorite JUCOs uh, and Nebraska Blackshirts of all time. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back for uh, the happy hour is coming up next, but we have the crossover with Nick Sainert coming up next year He's on sad. the Ticket Water Cooler. Nick's sad, so we can make fun of him. Coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> 